listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill. Hello and welcome to The Big Album Show with me, Paul Dillon. And me, Dan O'Neill. We're the show that brings you the big albums uh, that define the bands that made them and the times they were made in. The big albums that keep listeners coming back time and time again. And our album tonight, Dan, is... To The Faithful Departed by The Cranberries. The Pride of Limerick, Dan. Absolutely. Like, as, as listeners might know, I live here in uh, Limerick, County Limerick. And, and funny enough, I actually live in a small place called Ballybricken, which is about 25 minutes outside Limerick City. And that is the home place of the one and only Dolores O'Riordan. And um, personally, I'm very, very proud and honored to live in an area where where, where such a famous and incredible individual um, comes from. A unique, a unique voice, Dan, a unique voice. An incredibly unique voice. You can kind of, it's, it's, it, there's no other voice like Dolores O'Riordan's voice. I agree, Dan. I think, I think in fairness, you know, the cranberries all in, when you just look at the package that they presented, still present, and, um, you know, they are, they were, the, they mastered a particular sound and nobody sounds like the cranberries and nobody sounds like Dolores O'Riordan. No, no. And to people who live in Limerick and are from Limerick, they are, um, they, they hold a special place in, in, in the hearts of people here in Limerick. You know, yeah. it's it's very much the, the Cranberries is very much intertwined with the kind of Limerick identity, if there's such a thing. You know, sure. when when Limerick win the Hurling All-Ireland, which they have twice recently, um, it's either Sean South of Gary Owen or, you know, Dreams <laughs> by the Cranberry, Cranberries people are singing. Or when you walk down O'Connell Street here in Limerick, you hear the buskers playing... Uh, playing the cranberries and it kind of sounds like limerick doesn't it the cranberries they actually sound like limerick well dolores O'Riordan certainly sings in her own accent and uh you know everyone here has has a story whether that's like i've heard one fella a fellow i know says he gave a uh, noel hogan um driving lessons uh my, my my wife is from here originally and uh her first ever gig was a cranberries gig in london and uh, one of the cranberries actually gave uh, her father the tickets for free, and they got to go. Um, and uh, ah, there's just, there's just everyone has a has a cranberry story. My the closest thing I have to a cranberry story is that um, when I first moved here, the first time I visited our local church, I heard this person singing in the church, and immediately I I I I, I thought to myself that voice sounds very very familiar. And it was actually, um, turns out it was the mother of Dolores O'Riordan singing. And I, I, I just tell you this, you can tell kind of uh, where Dolores got some of her style from because, uh, you know, hearing her mother singing in the church, she has a very, very good voice and some of the same characteristics um, as Dolores. Yeah, and a great, a great county, great city. Mm. Uh, I suppose the Cranberries are to Limerick and Limerick are to the Cranberries what uh, Liverpool is to you, to the Beatles, uh, what Dublin is to you too. It's that kind of intertwined relationship, isn't it? And and these places give birth to these great bands. Uh, and then they kind of come synonymous with one another, don't they? They do. In Limerick at the moment, we have statues to uh, Richard Harris. We have a Terry Wogan statue. We have an Axel Foley statue. I really hope at some point um, in, in the future, not too distant future, 
we have a statue to Dolores O'Riordan because um, she yeah. certainly deserves um, to be remembered forever here in Limerick. Totally. And, no, and, and of course, from Limerick, but to the world, because a very American sounding band at times mm. um, were one of the bands who defined that sort of alt rock 90s sound that, um, you know, the grunge pop, alt grunge rock sound of the 90s. Um, that was very much the cranberry sound. And I know just even from doing this pod, the, so far of the different fans' reactions you get, they're, the, the cranberry fans are incredibly dedicated to, to the band. They're defensive about the band. They love the band. They have a real connection with the band, don't they, Dan? The fans and the cranberries, you know, a symbiotic relationship. They love them. One of the things I noticed well, and you've kind of mentioned it there, is that they it really they really are a global band, and the loyalty they yeah. have is incredible. And I I have a theory as to why. Well, what, what, as to why they're so kind of well liked, they're they're almost. I I don't know whether I'm right in saying this, but sometimes I feel like the cranberries are almost liked more in in countries outside of Ireland. Um, and yeah. they're seen as kind of they're given much a much greater stature like i remember back years ago i remember traveling to uh cuba and mm. uh, a fellow i met over there was a big cranberries fan and, and and one of the reasons i think um the cranberries are so popular around the world well firstly i have to say it's dolores's voice and yeah. uh, it, it, it's it's no remarkable does. and it's sometimes it sounds irish and and from the irish tradition sometimes it almost sounds kind of like indian music or something it's just so profoundly uh strange but uh, but in a, in a really good way but the other reason i think they're very popular um a, a abroad in non-english speaking countries is because if you listen to um the, their songwriting style it often the choruses or even sometimes the verses are very much based around the idea of repetition. Um, so there's very few words in in in, in some of the choruses. Um, so it makes it easier for people who, who have English as a second language to understand and also to remember. Um, and that's one of the one of the theories I have. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. And I had the same experience when traveling through Latin American countries. Mm. Um, you mentioned Cuba. I had a similar experience in Nicaragua. I was um, staying in a town called Granada um, and beautiful little uh, town that it was. And I was wandering around, you know, the big backpack sweating <laughs> as you do middle of the day looking for a hostel. And true story, there was there was bells ringing um, from a beautiful old colonial church. But coming from uh, a courtyard, uh, there was the sound of the Cranberries album. <laughs> Uh, this one um, to the faithful departed, and they were playing that song. Um, you know that that just defines the album for many people, which is salvation. Really defines it for me. And it was coming out, and then you know after that, I remember hearing when you're, you know, miss you when you're gone, coming out, and it it just brought me in. I stayed in that hostel, but they loved the cranberries. They had the CDs behind the the counter, and they said, "Oh, Ireland, the cranberries." And is that you two feeling? You know, this is an, this is another band that you know to use that hard word. It's it's overused, but use that expression. It's, it is overused, but put Ireland on the map. You know, the, the cranberries, in the same way as are synonymous with Limerick, are synonymous with Ireland. And then when we cast our mind back to almost twenty five years ago, the thirtieth of April, nineteen ninety six, slap bang in the middle of the Britpop period, the cranberries uh, dropped their third studio album, To the Fateful Departed, coming on the back. Um, of two very very successful uh, albums and uh, you know 
didn't it so let's be honest about it it didn't quite hit the critical success uh, of no need to argue and um, it was of course a massive massive success uh number two in the uk number four in the us which is its highest ranking uh, in the in the us huge all over the world many times platinum um but in terms of the the response from critics they did not uh, it was not it's not necessarily it wasn't necessarily the best received Cranberries album, Dan, was it? It wasn't. Like, I'll give you a quote from um, Kevin Courtney writing in the Irish Times at the time, okay? He said, If you can get past the heavy-handed fusion of icy, feckless indie and clumsy, crushing pomp rock, there are still the trite lyrics to deal with. But since the worst of them have already been held up in the cold light of print, I won't add insult to inanity. Now, that is a scathing, wow. scathing review. And I think... To a great extent, it is unfair because there is yeah. some bangers on the album. But I think, in fairness, there is, and 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 I love the album, and I know I know you love the album. I think Paul as well. And um, but but there is a few kind of uh, uh, lyrics on it that might not be Dolores's best. And in fairness, she recognised that. She said that you know you can't write normal things when you're incredibly famous because. You're, you're sitting in a hotel room and you're almost a prisoner in the hotel room and you're watching the news and that's about all you can write about. And, and she acknowledged that herself. Um, and there is a few kind of suspect lyrics. So, for example, and I like to imagine these in a kind of a, an Alan Partridge voice. So there's, there's one, one quote from one of the songs I just shot John Lennon and it's with a Smith and Wesson 38, John's Len- John Lennon's life was no longer a debate. And then she goes on, he had perpetually known that it wouldn't be nice because in 1980 he paid the price. And then, of course, there's the, the classic lyric to all those people doing lines, don't do it, inject your soul with liberty, it's free. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 what do you think of those lyrics, Paul? I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, we, 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 I'm not there for Dan Courtney's hot take. Um, of course, he, he, the hot take hadn't been quite invented in 1986, but I, I don't quite agree with that, Dan, and, mm. I'll, and I'll tell you why. For me, the lyrics on this album are consistently honest, mm. and they are consistently to the point. And I think that's one of the album's strengths. And I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, some of the lyrics from Salvation. I mean, Salvation is an anti-drug song. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to imagine uh, a band, a rock band now, doing making an anti-drug song with those kind of lyrics to all those people doing lines, don't do it, don't do it, inject your soul with liberty, it's free, it's free. I, I mean, I think what's not to like about that, you know? I mean, I think it's I think it's all good. And, you know, it, it's a little bit of its time, mm. but there's an honesty there and a direct, and a sort of a, there's a direct... It, it, there's a direct use of language which I, which, I, which I quite like and I think is very very refreshing I think the, in terms of the John Lennon ly- lyrics I think some of that there's a slight tongue in cheek here yeah. um, that runs through some of the songs in the album a slight use of irony mm. um, just, it, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a cleverness in, in what Dolores is, is doing at times that I think may have been missed by some of the critics if I'm frank yeah well it, it definitely definitely the, you know the criticism it received was was way too harsh because I mean we, we'll come to the kind of songs we both like, but yeah. even though I've mentioned kind of lyrics, I'm not crazy about some of the songs that um, include those lyrics are the songs that I like most on the album. Um, so so all in all, when you look at the album as a whole, and you look at as you say the kind of innocence, the directness, and and you kind of weigh it up as a work. 
I think it's very good. And and I think it's it also has to be remembered that this was coming after two incredibly massive, uh, very, very popular, very, very influential albums. And you know what they say about in this case it was a difficult third album, but but the difficult second album, like if you're you're all if you're gonna be compared to these incredible albums. Um, it's kind of unfair in a way because if the Cranberries hadn't released those two albums before this and this was, say, their debut album or even their second album, people might have said, yeah, it's a brilliant album. But because they're comparing it to two that are just absolute classics, that's why it gets talked down a bit, I think. Yeah, it's a very, very good point. I mean, it, it doesn't quite... It, 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 I mean, I remember when it came out, I remember Salvation live on top of the Pops. Mm. It was its first single. Um, and... The performance is great. It's on YouTube. I, For me, the Cranberries were at their best as a live band. Um, and some of these songs sound better live than they do on the record. Um, the, ver- the various versions of Salvation that you'll get live online are really, really good. Um, and, you know, you look at that Top of the Pops performance, there's a lot of confidence in it. They're doing all the head banging. You know, Dolores is just such a great, charismatic presence. Um, and I remember it landing at the time. And it was a band who came off the back of two very successful albums um, and kind of had the world at their feet. Um, but I think they did some really clever things on this album. And, you know, On Salvation, the lead single, there's a, there's some really, there's a really great video in it, right? Mm-hmm. So back in the 90s, of course, Dan, um, we won't remember it well. <laughs> we were very young. Um, but music videos were huge. Getting play on MTV was massive. Um, and so Salvation had a really, really good video, which I think was the last video that they had that was played on heavy rotation on, on MTV. The world was changing. The scene was, things were, things were moving on. Um, but the video, it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's both dark and funny at the same time. So the band that they're giving it absolute lows, you know, head banging, doing everything's going on out there. And then you've got a, a girl in, on, on a bed, exorcist-like, you know, <laughs> sort of a, and, and then there's a, a crazy clown jumping around and then there's these two parents and the clown ties the parents onto a chair. Um, and there's the lyrics in that in, in, on that song. And, and, and to all the parents with sleepless nights, sleepless nights, tie your kids home to their beds, clean their heads, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I think there's some very, I, I think, you know, Salvation for me is up there and one of the top tracks on the yeah, album. I, um, I'm glad you said it, Paul, because I picked it for one of my top three as well, because I just think, Dolores, Dolores' voice in it is is brilliant. Um, it's it's just like that that growl she has at times. Uh, like the song is an absolute pop stomper, and like I like I'm I'm delighted you mentioned the video as well because that was something that just jumped out to me. It, it, it like it's this pure nineteen ninety six energy off it. Like <laughs> if if you were to, if you wanted to describe the kind of feeling of nineteen ninety six to people yeah. who weren't there, you'd show them that video because it's kind of like um you just wouldn't have a video like that now because now I think music videos they're much more minimalistic there's a lot less going on in this video they literally threw in the kitchen sink there one minute as you say to someone on the bed the next minute Dolores is dancing around and it's all this kind of psychedelic disco-y style stuff around her head you know and um, that, that's it and, and 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 in all the fun and the kind of chaos there's some really serious things going on because the band are always close to the edge. Do you know the way there's this kind of 90s thing? They did it in a lot of music videos in the 90s, but they'd have like this big ledge and then you could almost fall off the ledge. I don't know what was going on with that in the 90s, but it was in a, it was in a lot of music videos. But you, do you remember that part of the video down there, there and they could fall off the ledge at any time? And I think that speaks to that 
complex relationship that the band and particularly Dolores had with fame. Um, because the opening, the opening track, Hollywood, it, it really, you know, it's melodic, it's grungy, but you can hear the sort of struggle that the band, and as I said, particularly Dolores, are having with fame. Yeah, you're right about bands in this period being uh, close to the edge, because every time I looked at a U2 video from the period, Bono was always very close to the edge. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I do apologise to the listeners. Um, Michael Hogan in this video, of course, he's... Uh, you just look at the video again, Paul, and look at him playing the bass. He's laying into the thing with his with his pleck, <laughs> and you can hear it in the music. He's just baiting away in it, but it sounds great. And again, very, very, uh, very kind of nineties, but not in a bad way. I don't mean to, that, to use that in a, in a bad way. And um, the the album was um, actually produced by a guy called Bruce Fairburn. Um, I think I pronounced his name right, and he was responsible for. Um, producing albums by bands like uh, Aerosmith, ACDC and Van Halen. So you can definitely, unlike maybe, you know, this is just two years after uh, the death of Kurt Cobain and the grunge scene yeah. and all that. So it's a little bit more polished than um, than that style of music. But you can still hear um, that kind of music coming through and kind of the overdriven guitars and, and the heavy drums. So, so yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's definitely a 1996 tune, but it's a banger. Yeah. And for, for, for sure. And, and I mean, you can hear, I mean, loss and death are, are very, you know, they're prominent themes on, on the album. Um, and, you know, lyrically, and as I know that there has been, there was criticism of lyrics. I, I like what Dolores does here with the lyrics on a lot of these songs, because, I think it reflects where she was at that time. And I know you've said that she was talking about where she was and, mm. um, you know, that position of fame, you know, and you can see her in the hotel rooms writing this stuff out. And you see in that in, in Hollywood yeah. where, where she goes, this is not Hollywood. Like I understood it's not Hollywood. Like, 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 and then it slips into the, into the, um, into the chorus. And she says, run away, run away. Is there anybody there? Run away, run away. Is there anybody there? And again, it's a very lyrical, it's a very clever lyrical device because she's making that direct appeal to the audience. First song on the album, big, loud, alternative, grungy rock sound. And she's saying, is there anybody there? Is there anybody there? I mean, like, what's not to like about that, Dan, you know? You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul and Dan. Please remember to subscribe, hit like, and remember to follow us on our social media platforms at The Big Album Show. Tell me, Dan, we, we've referenced two, two tracks, Hollywood and Salvation, which are the first two tracks on the album. Give me your, your top three and, and, and you know, tell me why, and then I'll, I'll do the same. Yeah, well, so Salvation, we've, we've ticked that one off. Um, yeah. Another one would be um, When You're Gone, right? Yeah. Nice, bittersweet love song. It has a kind of a doo-wop style, you know. It starts yeah. off with those kind of uh, doo-wop backing vocals from Dolores. Um it's 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 slow it's kind of it's this kind of really sad kind of love song and it remind do you know what it reminded me of it's the kind of song you'd hear back in the 90s and again i don't mean this in a bad way but play it at the end of a kind of a, a, a an irish college disco or something that's <laughs> the slow dance but um it's 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 really good and uh, i think dolores knocks it out of the park here with the vocals um like I, I I don't think the song the, like it's a good song, but Dolores's vocals makes it like a great song. Yeah, very much agreed. And um, it it wouldn't quite make my top my top three, but very nice tune, lovely melody, lovely lyrics. 
um, written, if memory serves, um, in memory of Dolores O'Riordan's grandfather. Mm. Um, and, and I know the album was, was dedicated to, to him and also to Denny Cordell, who'd signed the band to, to Island Records, um, both who died in, in 1996. Mm. Um, and it's quite profound, isn't it? You know, the, the lyrics in it are, are you know, they, they are quite profound. And I think she she later talked about how the song and the lyrics took on a different meaning um as the years and the decades uh, evolved and um you know she's singing about bereavement there and again quite quite intensely but then there's this kind of doo-wop sound in the background and you've kind of got that too you've got the light and the shade going on there dan don't you and it's a very appealing little song yeah because you, you can when you when you don't listen to it um that closely <laughs> it does just sound like a kind of a a simple love song um which is which is the strength of the of the song um that Dolores manages to kind of talk about these really dark difficult issues um in a way that's really accessible to people and yeah. popular so salvation one when you're gone too then is that where you're going i don't know i don't really know whether i'll rank them in order but uh <laughs> they're, they're, they're all, they're all, i'm gonna rank mine in order dan just so you know yeah, yeah. i insist on it um and, and uh, right i'll tell you i'll tell you my third one right and then this and then and then uh i'm looking forward to seeing if this what are you you're gonna go left field on us here. Go, no not not too left field but i'll tell you i remember um I don't remember this at the time when the album was released, but I do remember downloading it uh, a few years later in the early two thousands on a thing called Napster. Do you remember that? Oh used to, God, I know that, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. The police would be knocking on the door now. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, but but he used to go on to Napster and you'd search for a, a song and then you could download it. But you could like it wasn't like Spotify. It would take you probably the best part of two days to download one song and you might only manage to download half the song at time. So I downloaded this song anyway, because one of my favorite musicians was mentioned in the name of the song. And the song is I Just Shot John Lennon. And um, and, uh, you know, I, I know I kind of uh, commented on some of the lyrics that I didn't like in it. But at the same time, I think the song itself is an interesting song. Like it starts with uh the, the 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 band um it sounds to me in the song like reminiscent of the Smiths so you have kind of it starts off with this jangly guitar piece um yeah the the bass sound in it uh, as well sounds like uh, the Smiths and then of course Dolores comes in singing and it it takes a whole different sort of energy altogether um and uh, yeah I ju- I just like the energy of it it's it's yeah I, I i just dig it yeah i like it too dan i like that kind of punky sound that they have going on in there and it kind of there's a bit of courage in the band doing a song like that um, and i think as i said earlier there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek going on here and um, there's a bit of humor in the lyrics which is no bad thing you know and <laughs> um, th- th- lyrically as we know i mean th- there was a, th- they did come in for a bit of criticism for that but um i think they knew what they were doing yeah but, and uh, it, it reminded me when i was listening to it right of we talked about Sinead o'connor uh, a, a few weeks ago and Sinead O'Connor, when I was listening to some interviews um, from her, she talked about the day John Lennon died, right? And she said mm. that to her, in many ways, it was the day that kind of uh, political pop music died. Um, ironic in that Sinead herself released some incredible political pop music that we discussed in the episode. Listen back if you haven't heard it. But also uh, Dolores um, released some incredible kind of political uh, pop music rock music like uh, zombie off a different album zombie, yeah. so um it was just something that came to mind that i don't uh 
I, I think um, people like Dolores O'Riordan and Sinead O'Connor kind of um, we're, 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 we're kind of like the inheritors of the John Lennon kind of uh, style of using music to 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 kind of communicate a political message in a very popular way. Definitely, Dan, and you can hear the you can hear the influence of Lennon on some of the tracks here, um, and you can see the the anti-war messages coming through. I mean, it, it's it, it if you cast your minds back to the mid nineties, I mean, the the war in Bosnia was a was a big moment, um, and a lot of artists got involved and engaged. You two famously, the Passengers album, um, Miss Sarajevo, of course. Um, and you can hear, there's a little bit, you can hear that in a song that I really like um, it called um, um, uh, Free to Decide, where they talk, about, it's a very famous and very prominent, of course, uh, Cranberry song. It's, it's my second song on the album. Um, one of the lyrics says, you must have nothing more with your time to do. And she says, there's a war in Russia and Sarajevo too. I'm not quite sure what war in Russia she's talking about there, but um, the Bosnian War certainly was raging. And War Child, which is my, my third track, um, sorry, the, the Bosnian War was finished by, by this time, but it had had raged. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, War Child is a really touching tune. Um, and, you know, she said about it, she, it, it, it's written from a child's point of view. Um, it's reminiscent, of course, and you, you reference Zombie. It's, it's, a, it's a rebuke of, of political violence. And, um, yeah, just a really touching, nice um, pop rock song with nice orchestral sounds in the background. Um, and, you know, it, it really connects. And 25 years on, you can se- you can hear the sincerity uh, of Dolores O'Riordan's lyrics. And, you know, there's a great sort of, she's speaking her truth. And I think it, it, it comes across, you know, it's a really refreshing honestly, that you don't get from a lot of bands. I mean, very few bands now, rock bands, contemporary rock bands, would have found the courage to put a track like War Child down. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's very, very well worth a listen um, to anyone who's not, who hasn't heard it. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a powerful package uh, of an album. Um, it, for me, it still packs up a punch 25 years on. Um, I would give it a very, very strong rating. We'll come back at the end and give it our, our rating. Just remember that after this, I mean, the Cranberries, of course, they, they went on a huge world tour, which they called the Free to Decide uh, World Tour. Massively successful touring band uh, for many, many years after. Produced a lot of great music after um, this album as well. And we remember them 25 years on. And I think, it, Dan, we wanted to dedicate the memory of this show um so you might um you know you might uh, talk about about that yeah we just want to take a moment to um remember Dolores O'Riordan herself because obviously she passed away not too long ago in um 2018 I believe and uh she really did a lot for Limerick she did a lot for the whole country and a lot for music in general and I think it's very fitting that when we're talking about an album like this, that we remember the memory of um, Dolores O'Riordan. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. A unique voice, and 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 never, never will she'll never be forgotten. There's absolutely no doubt, and we'll we'll live on in, in these songs uh, forever and ever. And I know that many of these songs are are held in the hearts uh, of of our of a massive legion uh, of Cranberries fans all over the world. Um, and um, 
I mean, coming to make our, our conclusion, I, I'm going to offer this hot take then, if I can, on the album, yeah. right? And for me, I'm a big fan, like it an awful lot. Would highly recommend this. Really enjoyed listening to it, delving back into it, reminding myself of what's on it. Uh, I'm going to give it a very positive seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to dock some marks for the front cover. <laughs> They're in these Dolce and Gabbana purple suits, okay? <laughs> Which again is very 1996, but I don't think does much for the overall package of the album. If I'm if I'm completely honest, it's it's a side point, but uh, um, it's a it's for me it's a really it's a positive listen um, and. You know, it gets a it, it gets it packs a, an honest emotional punch, and um, and a lot of the melodies, a lot of that that grunge sound that they have grunge, uh, you know, mixed with alternative rock, mixed with pop, uh, it's very well worth a listen. And and you know, would, I would very happily recommend this album. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I, I I'd be close enough to agreeing with you there. I would say that if I was if someone asked me, um, oh, you know. The Cranberries, what album should I listen to? And and they hadn't heard the Cranberries before. It wouldn't be the album I'd send them to. You know, I'd send them probably yeah. to one of the one of their first two albums. Um but saying that, as we as we discussed, there's some very, very good songs on it. It's a very, very enjoyable listen. Um it deals with complex emotions, but also manages to have some, you know, pop rock bangers on it as well. So I definitely recommend people listen to it if they haven't heard it. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a six and a half, um, and and not because um, you know I think six and a half is a very respectful, um, respectable mark. Um, and the only reason I'm not giving it a higher mark is because, as I say, I I, I love the Cranberries, I I like some of their other work a little bit more. Um, and um, if I was suggesting the album, the the band to uh, someone listening to the band for the first time, I wouldn't suggest they start here. But I definitely would tell them to listen to it after the after they listen to the first two. And they, they may not start there, but it's it's still a great place uh, to listen. So to the faithful departed, almost um twenty five years old, um uh, released the thirtieth of April, nineteen ninety six. Uh, we recommend it have a listen to it make sure if you like this podcast please 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 share it share uh, with anyone who you think might be interested in we'd really really appreciate it um, at the big album show you'll find us on our social media and please like and subscribe from wherever you get our pod, your podcast. and Paul it's 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 brilliant um, to have the support that we've been getting because as you know yourself, we managed to climb the charts to number two in the Irish Music Commentary podcast. So there's only one place to go now, and that place is to number one. So with everyone's support, um, by subscribing and listening and sharing, we will get there. And um, it's exciting because next week or in two weeks' time, we're doing a very interesting album that we both have a lot of love for, Paul. What is it? Everton Must Go by the Manic Street Preachers. Yes. Yes, yes, this is going to bring back memories and, and, and all sorts. It's a quality album and I cannot wait to discuss it with you, man. Absolutely. Cannot wait for that, Dan. And please, we say to everyone listening to this, please let us know what you think. You can just get us on social media, on Twitter, at The Big Album Show. Same thing on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Same thing on Instagram. We really would. And thanks to everyone who gets in touch with the show and, and for all your support. You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill.